What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Disco Fever, a podcast presented to you by Subpar Disc Golf. Last week was very eventful in the disc golf world, but uh, unfortunately, I will be the only one relaying it to you as Jackson is in the middle of the ocean on vacation. Uh, we did have a major tournament last week, not major, but it was an elite series. Ledgestone happened in uh, Peoria, Illinois. Ricky Wysocki takes it down with a dominant round four performance, 1059 rated negative seven. Um, it's very impressive. Going into round four, though, there were five people that were legitimately in contention to take down this tournament. For example, Paul McBeth in fifth place, only three strokes back. That's nothing to these guys. But getting into the podium, like I said, Ricky Wysocki took it down with a negative 26. Paul McBeth took it took second place with negative 22. And Gannon Burr got the third place finish with a negative 21. Uh, some other notable finishes. Anthony Barella played fantastic this week, the young fella. He shot negative 20 and took down fourth place. Corey Ellis shot negative 19 and got fifth place, along with Matty O. And then Chris Dickerson uh, less than stellar performance, I would say. Took down 19th place with a negative eight. Not real sure what he was doing this week, but Northwoods Black really fits his play style. Uh, maybe it was Lake Eureka that he wasn't, you know, driving with and ended up taking 19th place. But uh, after the tournament, there were some, you know, pretty notable headlines. Corey Ellis shoots a 1079 rated negative 10 round four. That is blistering. He, he was really trying to take this thing down. Unfortunately, he was just a little bit too far back. But round one, we had four aces in round one. Chandler Fry and GT Hancock on hole number seven. Ezra on hole number 12, which is the huge water tower hole. Emerson Keith on hole 17, which is the uh, island hole. And then going to round four, Matt Bell also hit hole seven. So hole seven was dialed up numerous times. But uh, let's get into some stats. Andrew Marweed really has the putter going as of late. This is not the first tournament that he has led in strokes gained putting. He led with 11.11 strokes gained on the field. And Ricky Wasaki led the tournament with the fewest OB strokes with only three. That's pretty much it for the MPO. There wasn't a whole lot of stuff going on other than it being just a really tight finish. But uh, the FBO was a little better, I would say. Uh, Kristen's back. After a really long stay in Europe and an injured elbow, she's back and ready to go. She said her elbow is feeling okay, not 100% yet. Uh, after round one, Kristen looked better than ever and took a one-stroke lead going into round two. But after this, Missy Gannon would be leading or tied for the league the rest of the tournament. So going into round four, Paige Pierce and Missy Gannon were tied at negative 15, with Sarah Hokum and Kristen Tatar tied at negative 11 for third place. Nobody that was in contention besides Missy Gannon put up a fight. Missy Gannon cruised to a six-stroke victory, which leads me to the podium, which was Missy Gannon at negative 19, Owen Scoggins at negative 13, Lisa Fakus and Kristen and Paige Pierce all tied at negative 12 for third place. Valerie Mandahano, similar case to Chris Dickerson, less than stellar performance at a course that you would think fits her very well, shot negative two on the weekend and took down 16th place. 
not what you'd expect to see out of her with Katrina Allen also not doing what she is, you know, supposed to do, I would say. She took down seventh place with a negative nine. But Katie Tati way outkicked her coverage this weekend. She got ninth place at negative eight. Very good tournament from her. But uh, the FPO had an interesting case this week. They didn't get to play Lake Eureka. The AM side of the tournament, which is very big, I will admit, almost bigger than the F uh, men's open, took precedence, and the FPO was kicked to Sunset Hills, which is a golf-style track. The hot round at Sunset was nearly double the hot round at Northwoods Black on both the days they played each course. So uh, significantly easier than Northwoods, which, you know, similar case in the MPO with Lake Eureka, but I don't know if they were tested to all of their abilities at Sunset Hills. It is a fairly easy track. I know the AM, AMs, a lot of the AMs play it when we go there. But uh, getting into some stats, Owen Sagagans led with gained putting with 14.35. That is a lot compared to second place, which only got 7.32. So Owen killed the putting green, but obviously she didn't shoot hot enough to take down Missy Gannon. Uh, going into the picks that we had for Ledgestone, for MPO, I had Paul coming in first, Calvin coming in second, and Chris Dickerson coming in third. Obviously, we know Paul took second. Calvin took 10th place, which, uh, you know, he was significantly farther down in the uh, leaderboard, but shot a hot round three and propelled himself up and then shot even better round four. And Chris Dickerson, as we know, did not pan out. He took 19th place. And my sleeper was Yuli, who got 30th. Not too bad. He did all right. Jackson, on the other hand, killed the picks. He picked Ricky and Paul to get first and second, which they did exactly. But he picked Simon to get 26th, which brought it down a good bit. And his sleeper was Linus Carlson. He took 32nd, so pretty respectable. I got the sleeper, but overall, Jackson definitely takes down the picks this week for the MPO, I would say. And in the FPO, I had Paige in first. Valerie Manahano in second and Kristen Tatar in third, which Paige got third, Val got 16th, and Kristen also got third, so not too bad. Val really brings down that average. And my sleeper was Jessica Weiss. She got 27th place and did not make the cut for the final day. You know, pretty pretty uh, unfortunate performance from her. And then going into Jackson's FPO picks, he picked Kristen Tatar to get first. Paige to get second, and Missy Gannon to get third, which Kristen got third, Paige also got third, and Missy got first. So Jackson won the FPO picks too, and the sleeper pick for FPO. Uh, he picked Juliana Corver, and she got 16th place. So Jackson did very good on picks this week. But that's really it for Ledgestone. It was a pretty exciting tournament. It's one of my favorites to watch. I know I watched it on Jomez, and I also tuned into a little bit of the live coverage. But uh, let's just hop into some Des Moines Challenge preview. The course notes, we got a 9,700-foot par 4, or par 64, my apologies. It's the Pickard Park gold layout for the MPO, and the Pickard Park silver layout for the FPO is 8,600 feet par 64. And uh, the previous results, Paul McBeth last year took it down with a negative 28, two-stroke lead over Calvin, 
who got negative 26, obviously, in second place. But then Gavin Rathbun got third place at negative 25. The field is going to be pretty solid this week for a uh, smaller tournament. Everyone but Ricky looks to be there. Um, Paul is obviously there looking to defend his title. But some keys to victory that I can kind of thought up. Keep it in play. OB is not a huge problem, but that also means that keeping it in balance where there is OB is of utmost importance. And the second key to victory is get to the green in regulation. Last year's winner, Paul, also led the field in TD green, but that also coincides with making the easy putts. When you do get to the green, you got to be able to clean up those easy, you know, 25 footers that they should be making every time. Some predictions. Jackson was able to give me his predictions before he left, but unfortunately, he put Ricky in first place. By the time I caught this, Jackson was already in the middle of the ocean. I couldn't get to him. So Jackson picked Ricky in first, Kevin Jones in second, and Kyle Klein in third. Kevin Jones and Kyle Klein are both there, so we'll give him that. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt, too, next week when we go over these. But his sleeper was Yuli. You, you know me. I'm a Yuli guy. It's always a solid pick for a sleeper. One of these days, he'll pop off. And my pick's going to surprise you a little bit. Not the first one. I did pick Paul McBeth to win. Um, I, I pick him to win a lot. If you know me, if you listen to any previous episodes, you would know that. And Gannon Birdie gets second. And my third one is a bit of an oddball, but I'm pretty confident in it. Mason Ford will get third place, I think. Not sure where I grabbed that from, but Mason Ford is very good at disc golf. He has very good form, good putter. I think he'll do all right this week. And my sleeper is Connor O'Reilly. He's currently ranked 51st in the world, so fits our criteria. And he really likes to perform at these smaller tournaments. I don't know why the field is you know, very similar to what it normally is, but when it's these smaller ones, he, he shows up. So getting into the FPO side of things, last year, Missy Gannon took it down with a negative five. Jessica Weiss took second place at negative four, and Kristen Tatar and Paige Pierce tied third at negative two. Uh, going into the tournament, you know, obviously Missy looks to defend her title as well, just along with Paul. But getting into the projected field, um, the FPO it looks like the entire field will be there. I don't see any of the notable names missing. There might be some smaller names missing, but as far as the top 10 go, I'm pretty sure they're all going to be in attendance, which leads us to predictions. And Jackson gave me his picks, just like the MPO. And uh, Jackson picked Kristen Tatar to take it down, Paige Pierce to get second, and Haley King to get third. Just across the board, looks very solid. That could definitely pan out, in my opinion, with his sleeper being Alexis Mandahano. Obviously, she's the lesser-known Mandahano sister, but very solid at disc golf. Has beaten Valerie on numerous occasions this year, so we'll see how his picks pan out and hop into mine. I picked Paige Pierce to take it down, Missy Gannon to get second, and Kristen Tatar to get third. My sleeper is my girl, Kona Panis. She's going to do it one of these days, I promise. She's too good of a disc golfer to just keep playing below her rating like that. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much the Des Moines Challenge preview for, for you. It's uh, it's going to be a good one. I know that for a fact, as always is. And obviously, if Paul is a contention, I will be tuning in. That's my guy. I love Paul. 
But uh, let's hop into some Nicola Castro news. If you paid attention at all, Nico did get suspended by the PDGA for nine months following his outburst at the European Open. It was a Class A infraction, and it will have a 15-month probationary period afterwards. Funnily enough, he's currently registered for the Des Moines Challenge, but, you know, he can't play it. So there was some controversy about the ruling. Paul McBeth came out to defend Nico, saying the ruling was too harsh for a first-time offender. Brody Smith fired back at Paul, disagreeing with him. This only added to what was already a fractured relationship between Paul and Brody. It's still unheard of what actually happened between them, but my guess is something to do with the uh, foundation that Paul and Brody started, and Paul did leave it to go start his own foundation, Paul McBeth Foundation. So I think when he left, he'd sold his stock or something in it and uh, just kind of rubbed Brody the wrong way or something. But, you know, that's not super important. Um, Jackson gave me a quote about what he thinks about this situation. He said, this is a quote. I agree with the suspension because Nico escalated what should have been a simple time violation to a whole scene. The only thing I can see for the opposing argument, such as Paul saying it is too harsh, is that the PDGA definitely took his past history into account when making this ruling, not just this one incident. Um, I'm going to have to disagree with the PDGA and Jackson. I'm going to say this was a bit too harsh. While it is technically not his first offense time violation-wise, it is his first punishable offense, which is what the PDGA and Paul means. I think it should have been the rest of the 2022 season, not into 2023 because with this punishment he misses two months of the 2023 season i believe i don't agree with nico's actions at all that's not what i'm saying but they are messing with someone's livelihood he lost sponsorships with this and nine months worth of tournaments he could be making money from so uh you know obviously you don't want to see anyone do that but i do think the punishment was a bit on the harsh side but uh, let's hop into some new discs this week. I have three for you this week. A couple bonuses. Crown Me, which is a new company from Sunny Sporting Co. They are releasing the Takeoff, Morning, and CrossFit. There's no info on this other than one's a driver, one's a mid-range, and one's a putter. So this company is very small. Like I had said, it's yet to be seen how the plastic will feel or who it will be produced by. A lot of the smaller companies have bigger companies produce their plastic. But uh, yeah, we're just going to have to see how it feels when they come out. But uh, that's pretty much it. All I had for you guys today is a pretty short episode, but I'm by myself. Not a whole lot to talk about. Um, If you want to follow us on Instagram, S-U-B-P-A-R-D-G. We do have a few exciting things coming out this next couple weeks, so keep a look for that on Instagram. You can also find us on TikTok and obviously on Spotify. That's it. Thank you, guys.